Gladys Dunn would be so proud to know that from one idea in 1935 to support a fund for seminarians, the Archdiocese of Portland would still be going strong today. And since that time, committee members have honored the mission and tradition by supporting our seminarians. Well, the 2023 Seminary Tea is coming up on April 19th. And joining us today to tell us about how that benefits our seminarians, and it's important, is the wonderful Father Peter Julia, the Director of the Office of Vocations here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Good morning, Father Peter. Thanks so much for joining us again on The Morning Blend. Good morning, Brenda. I'm the wonderful Father Peter. I mean, that just filled my heart with joy. I I, I appreciate it. I love being here with you guys. Uh, Well, we appreciate it, too, because for a little insider for uh, what goes on here at the radio station, whenever we invite Father Peter to join us, he is always wonderful to join us in studio. And then we know to block out about an hour of time because, (laughs) Father Peter, you just are so gracious with your time. You come and check in on all of us and, and just really give us of your time. So we really appreciate you joining us today. No, I appreciate you guys. I mean, I w- we were saying earlier off air that uh, when I was discerning the priesthood, I basically would either listen to a Lighthouse Catholic Media CD in the car or this channel. And that was pretty much it. I wasn't really listening to secular music or other things at that time. And so it was obviously a huge influence on me. And, and one of my other, uh, another guy I know, a friend of mine who's discerning the priesthood said the very same thing. He said, basically, this is the only thing that's on in his car, which kind of shows you that when the Lord is calling, you really start to kind of try to push other things aside that are sort of distracting to you. And so you guys were, you were literally a help to my own discernment of vocation, which is pretty incredible. So. Oh, well, again, thank you so much. And your time with us is just to help to uplift our spirits here at the radio station. I want to talk about the seminary tea. It's coming up very soon. But before we get to that, here we are in our Lenten journey. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit how your Lenten journey has been and for our seminarians, how their time is focused on really journeying with the Lord during these days through his passion, death and resurrection. Yeah, you know, Lent Lent for me is actually going quite, quite well. And I think it is definitely a special time, especially when you're in the seminary. When you're in the seminary, I think the liturgical times of the year, they mean something a little bit different because your your time is a little bit more focused. And uh, and then, of course, you're comparing notes with like, oh, what are you giving up? What are you giving up? With all these other people who are kind of really pursuing a unique path of holiness. And for me, one of the things that I, I had said, you know, some of us develop a bad habit maybe over time, right? And so over the pandemic... Um, of course, maybe some of you out there were like me, you have a busy day and then you're like, I'm just going to door dash something and the, like the price of door dashing, like a meal compared to like going shopping and doing that. But my day's busy enough. And like, for people who know my rhythm, like the folks in the office, I have a tendency to just like work completely straight through the entire day without like eating anything which is not always a great habit. And then at the end of the day, of course, you're sort of starving. And so I'm like, and so one of the things I said is I'm not going to go out to eat. I'm not going to order anything to eat. You know, I have to get, and, and I never had that habit before, but I realized that it was kind of just sort of almost like a wasteful mm-hmm. habit in a lot of ways. And so that's one of the things that that I, I gave up for Lent. And it's actually going really well. And it made me realize, it's like, oh yeah, I actually miss uh, going to the store and like buying my own food and not spending so much money on this, on this food and everything. And then of course it's healthier too, like the choices that that I would make in that regard. And so, yeah. Um, and then the thing that I often 
tell people a lot of a lot of my own homilies when I'm visiting at parishes has just been, you know, it's a time to remove obstacles out of the way between us and Christ and then us and each other. And the biggest obstacle I'll give, you know, some of my friends, a lot of seminarians, a lot of priests do media fasts, not KBVM, of course, but, uh, Never. You know, but uh, actually one of my priest friends, he, he did a media fast, but it was everything but like religious media. Yes. And so it was like, as long as he was watching, you know, a YouTube video about the faith or things like that, or, or something like the chosen or, or, or whatever. And I was like, that's a brilliant way to do it. Yeah. It's like saturate your mind, but with stuff about our faith, not, not all the other fluff that's kind of out there in the world. And so even our, um, our seminarians who are in this stage called the propedeutic stage, which is a new thing. So we have something called the PPF, which is the program for priestly formation. And it was just recently revised by, by the Holy See, by the Vatican. And so now everybody's first year is this propedeutic stage, which kind of sometimes is called like a spirituality year. It's not a focus on academics, but like the foundation of prayer, liturgy of the hours, fraternity amongst your brethren. But one of the hallmarks is a media fast for the men. So a lot of new seminarians coming in, they are not used to like not having their phone all oh. of the time. And, uh, and the thing that I've said, you know, for those who've heard one of my recent homilies, I said, all you have to do is go out to a restaurant. You go out to a restaurant and, and look at any couple that you see. They could be a married couple. They could be a dating couple. But what you're going to see one gigantic obstacle between the two of them. They're both looking down at their phone. Oh. Right. And, and of course, if you look at the back of the phone in my pocket, what's on the back? An apple with a bite taken out of it. The very sign for original sin itself, uh, right? You know, it's just like so funny when when you see like what's actually an obstacle standing in between, you know, you and the Lord and then you and and just other people. And, uh, you know, you just need real time to build mm -hmm. a real relationship. And, and, you know, digital time is, it's not really real time. Sure. It's, it's sort of something different. And I think we all know that, like, because it sucks you down a hole that you're like, oh my gosh. Have I been scrolling on, I don't know, Instagram that long or TikTok or whatever people use, you know? Well, I think a, a great example to start this Lent and to keep it going is to do just that. No phones at the dinner table. Yeah, that's a I great think that's one. a great hard fast rule for every single family. Father Peter would support you in that <laughs> yeah, mission as he joins us today. Well, we're talking about some things going on in the archdiocese, especially with regards to support of our seminarians. Well, since we know that Holy Week is really around the corner, even though we are a majority of the way through this Lenten season, that doesn't mean that you've already missed the boat on holiness for Lent, that these practices can be and should be taken up throughout the year. It's just that a, Lent's a good time to start it. Now would be a good time to pick up that new practice, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. There was a good friend of mine that I worked with um, at St. Cecilia, and we were talking about you know, a Lenten thing to do. And one of them, I think it was a conversation we had, you know, mentioning, well, you know, maybe like take on praying the rosary on a daily basis. And every once in a while, she'll send me her like rosary count. It, Cause this was like three years ago now. And so something that started during Lent for her has been like a streak that's lasted like over three years at this point. And so that's pretty awesome. And, and you know, that's the whole idea, right? Is, is to make, holiness a habit and so often if you start something a holy practice during lent you know 40 days is a, a long enough period of time 
where it could start to really be instilled in your daily habits. And so it's amazing that sometimes it changes somebody's whole spiritual life just by something they decided to do during Lent. So it's pretty cool. Oh, for sure. Well, it is never too late to strive to be more holy. And during this Lenten season, well, we are all called to do that. Father Peter Julia joining us today to tell us some of the ways that has helped him. Well, we were meant to talk about the seminary tea that is coming up on April 19th. But Father Julia, I am coming up against my break. Will you stay with me through the break so we can talk about this tea and how it supports seminarians after our break? Absolutely. I am back with Father Peter Julia. Of course, he is the director of the Office of Vocations here in the Archdiocese of Portland. He's joining me today while we're talking a little bit about Lent. But now, really importantly, we're going to talk about a wonderful event. The whole community is invited to help support our seminarians at this year's Seminary Tea. Father Julia is joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Father Julia, thanks so much for staying with us. Oh, thanks, Brenda. So much of what the Seminary Tea does is to raise funds on this particular event, but their help of seminarians, it goes on all year. It happens through prayer and support. Just from your own perspective and experience, how important is it to know that the prayers of an entire archdiocese are for you in supporting your vocation and your discernment to the priesthood? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's you know, whether we're conscious of it or not, and and there were moments where I truly was conscious of this idea that there are days in the seminary that are very difficult. I think for, for religious people, for devout people, they see the opportunity for a man to go to the seminary as kind of a an amazing sort of mystical, magical experience, right? Something that a lot of people are almost like, oh, I wish I had the opportunity to do that. And, and in some ways it's like that. And then some days it's extremely hard. And, and I remember it occurred to me one time while I was at seminary that the days that were hard that I decided to get up the next morning, you know, there's days sometimes where you feel like, I don't know if I'm called to be a priest. I, you know, I kind of feel like leaving now, but then you get up the next morning, you pray morning prayer, you go to mass and you sort of keep, keep going forward. And you realize that that was just sort of a difficulty that you had. I, I think in moments like that, it's actually the wings of prayers that we sort of get over the humps on. And I don't think that we'll ever know until we're worth the Lord in heaven, just how many things, how many prayers got us over a difficult time when we felt like we were alone or we felt like we were struggling. And, and there's a lot of ups and downs in the seminary. You're talking about seven to nine years. And so that's a lot of time to have struggles. <laughs> and so, uh, so those prayers are just super important. One of the things that the seminary tea ladies do that I'll never forget, it, it, you know, which is so great is we have those almost like baseball card things that, that are, so everybody often sees the seminary poster mm-hmm. where you see all of our seminarians for the sure. Archdiocese of Portland, usually in like the narthex of your church and stuff. But those are also like almost like little baseball cards, like a headshot. And they usually have some things about the guy in the back and then, you know, to pray for them. And the seminary tea ladies are so faithful by having those like in in Bibles, in prayer books, in breveries, in their purse or whatever it might be. And they usually get a guy and they're, and so sometimes when they see you for the first time, it's like, you're my seminarian, right? And say, so, and you've realized that, that somebody had devoted all this time to pray for you on a daily basis. And like, that's a very humbling thing. And so like at the tea itself, 
you often get to meet some of those people if you haven't met them yet. And it's pretty, it's kind of overwhelming, actually. You know, you, you really can't thank somebody enough for that. Well, coming up at this year's Seminary Tea, it's happening on April 19th. Father Peter Juliet will be there along with Archbishop Sample, Bishop Steiner, and of course, retired Archbishop Vlasny. Abbot Jeremy Driscoll also going to be part of the event. It is coming up and the community is invited to attend. Now, the big part of this seminary tea is to raise funds. And, you know, without funds... Well, it's even more of a burden on the archdiocese, on seminarians to be able to get through. How important is it to also have funds available so that seminarians will have that financial support as well? Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's absolutely necessary. In the world that we live in, everybody knows that has uh, kids who went through college that higher education costs a lot of money. And, and so without without that, we couldn't really send seminarians to receive the degrees. That they, I mean, I received two different degrees in my time in, in seminary. And um, Deacon Justin, who will be on talking about the seminary tea later on, I think in April, he, he'll he have three degrees by the wow. time that he's done. And, and, and that's because of the generosity of the people of God that we were a, ever able to be there in the first place. It would be extremely hard for a man to really discern a call if he knew in the back of his mind oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for all this? Sure. You know, it'd be very hard for the authenticity of his call to be there without the generosity of people. I, I think something that we forget sometimes is that this happened a lot. When I was a seminarian in Rome, sometimes you would meet other other non-Catholic people who are visiting Rome, and they think that they see what looks like the opulence of the church, right? They see all these beautiful churches, or they see St. Peter's and St. John Lateran and all these sort of gems of the Catholic world. And they forget that those those places were built by the faithful. There's not like one just big piggy bank, you know, that comes from mm-hmm. the Vatican. It's just like those churches that you walk around in Rome were neighborhoods that people lived in. Just like your neighborhood church you give to your collection, it was the people of God that built those churches. And 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 they built their priests too. You know, we hear we hear this the phrase often about raising children, uh, that it takes a village. Well, well, guess what? It takes a lot more than that to raise one priest, <laughs> you know? I guess. You know, it, it takes an entire people of God, an entire, you know, diocese or archdiocese to raise a priest, you know? Well, fantastic. Your opportunity to support the seminarians of the Archdiocese of Portland is coming up at the Seminary Tea on April 19th. Well, we look forward to the event. And Father Peter, we look forward to seeing you there. Before we go today, what's happening in the Office of Vocations that people need to be aware of? You know, it's funny, we were talking about this um, before we got on air. But so there's a number of men, you know, please pray for the men who are applying to enter into seminary this fall because we're, we're right around the time frame of their, their application deadlines. And if everybody saw this application, I mean, it is a monster. Wow. And there's I a psychological evaluation you have to go through. There's autobiographies. I mean, there's long questions. There's medical exam. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to do to become a seminarian these days in the church. And uh, so if you're one of our applicants and you're listening, Make sure to turn in all your stuff because we're waiting for it. And then if you were pondering, like I heard from a guy just this week that that I have a, a an upcoming meeting and he said, is it too late to apply? It's not quite too late to apply, but if you were thinking about it and you still need to talk to me because you want to be a priest for the archdiocese, uh, don't wait any longer. You know, reach out to the Office of Vocations. 
archdpdxvocations.org. There we go. It just took a second for me to remember it. But yeah, archdpdxvocations.org. Because we have our own sub website. Mm -hmm. You could also find it if you went to the regular Archdiocesan website as well. But when you send an email to the vocations email, um, I get those emails as well. You know, our, our office gets them. And so sometimes I'll, sometimes it's one of the assistants in the office who responds to a man who's discerning. And sometimes I'll be responding directly, but I'll see them all, you know, regardless. Okay. So, yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, to make the whole thing a whole lot easier, I will put the link to the vocations office oh, on the you. podcast of this interview. I'm also going to put the link to the Archdiocese Seminary Tea, so that way you can get right to their page and purchase a ticket for yourself. If it happens to be that you're not going to be able to attend the tea on that day, well, there's still an option for you to make a donation to their fund. Again, that link will be on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com in the Mary Media app. Father Peter, thank you so much for your time today. Before you go, will you end us in a prayer and your priestly blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We also thank you for the opportunity to get closer to your Son, Jesus Christ, during this time of Lent. And we just ask you to continue to help us remove obstacles out of the way between us and Christ and also each other. I ask you to be with all of our friends, all of our family members, especially those who are sick, who are suffering, those who may have recently died. And we just thank you so much for the gift of the church and the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And I call down your almighty blessing on all of the listeners and all of the people here today in studio in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Peter, thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks. God bless you.